0: Hello, I'm your host, Mr. Chuck, a retired accountant turned truck driver. I reduced my debt in a relatively short period of time. Debt reduction to achieve financial freedom takes commitment, confidence, determination. No budget category percentages. How much of net income should be used by each category monthly? Knowing these percentages will help in getting debt reduced and savings increase. By that, I mean, if you can stay within these guidelines and they're only guidelines, you will have a much happier and better chance of increase your savings and your investments and staying out of debt problems. Now, with that said, I have three links in my show notes for articles that give you percentages. I'm going to refer to the very last one, which is Credit Counseling Society, because they give you your percentages and they also kind of give you a list of what should be in these categories. And I think that's most helpful. The other articles that I have read about using percentages in, uh, for your budget. Or I get the feeling that they think everybody's living with their parents, but has an income, but they yet to either go out and rent an apartment or buy a home. They don't have any, they hadn't bought a car. They hadn't done anything yet other than make money and they should divide up their spending on these base on these percentages at the very beginning, beginning of their life of living on their own, best way to describe that. And we all know that's not exactly how things happen. We know that, okay, you graduated from college, you maybe got a job, you maybe start living with a friend or roommate and you bought a car and you have credit cards and your debt got out of control because you need to buy things and, and you had no clue what was going on and you thought, okay, I'll pay for that in my next paycheck and you get behind, you know, life happens. So these percentages are only a guideline. Now, when I say like housing should be X percent and y- utility should be X percent, that can vary by where you live and how much income you make. The more money you make, the easier it's going to be for you. Because And if you live in an area with high housing costs and low transportation costs, you may spend more on housing and a lot less on transportation. So the best thing to do, what I recommend, is one, you're tracking your spending. You have a application where you're doing that because that's the lifeblood of your personal finances. Knowing what's coming in and what's going out is step one. Now you've created a budget because you did your tracking software and you created a report by category and you was able to maybe set up a budget. Now, in that budget, is broke down however you broke it down. I like to think of needs first, which is housing, transportation, living expenses to keep it basic. And living expenses would be food and clothing to keep it the very basics. Entertainment is not a need, it's a want. You can vary your entertainment based on your income or the money available you have at the time to do it, such as going out to a movie theater. If you don't have the money, you don't do it. If you have the money, you might do it once a week or you may do it once a month. It all depends. So once you've gotten that part figured out and you have your categories, and you set yourself up a spreadsheet and you got a budget and what it is. So let's group them by housing, transportation, living expenses. And let's go with within those categories to include like housing. If you've owned, buying a home should include your mortgage payment, property tax, any fees, rent, homeowners association, insurance and, or electricity. Why are they saying electricity and housing? And then they have another category for utilities. (laughs) To me, electricity isn't a utility, so whatever. I also include all the utilities in my housing. Utilities are, would be your cell phone, gas, internet bills, and nowadays, Include streaming services and and other cable services. I like to categorize everything in the housing that pertains to the house. Like if you have a landline phone that is connected to that home, that landline phone should be under housing. And to to keep everything neat and tidy, include your cell phones under housing also. If you want to break that out different, fine, but to keep it all together. So, the percent for housing without utilities is 35%, which includes your mortgage, property tax, everything. So, your mortgage payment shouldn't be more than 25%. Now, I know that's a pretty low number nowadays. So, what are you going to do? Well, the first thing to do is figure out your budget. The second thing to do is apply these percentages to see how things fall for your budget. So we're just, these are guidelines. Remember, guidelines. So housing is 35%, utilities, 5%. Now I've seen other articles that said housing is 25 and utilities is 10. So that's still 35 So somewhere between 30 and 40% of your net income is housing. What is net income? Net income is the amount of money that is deposited into the bank. If you have a direct deposit, meaning your paycheck is automatically deposited into your checking account. It's that number that goes in there every payday. That's your net income. If you are getting a check, one of those old timers, it's the amount of money you're depositing in your checking account. Actually your net income should be your gross income, the total amount you make, less federal state taxes, less health insurance that's deducted and, or any 401k retirement plan that's deducted. It's the money you have left over, after everything comes out of your paycheck automatically, that's net income. So housing should be somewhere around 40% and that's including utilities. Transportation is the money you spend on public transit, taxi, fuel, vehicle insurance, maintenance, and parking are included in this category. This might change depending on whether or not you're working from home but some should be still allocated to understand your budget as a whole. Also should include any car payments, car loans, automobile loans are also included in transportation. 15 to 20% of your net income. So far, these two are needs. Now we have I categories as living expenses, which is clothing, which is grocery, personal care products and things for baby needs or expenses, you include here. If you like to eat out a lot, you might include those expenses here, but eating out is more something you do for fun and you can include that under personal spending. So they're saying if you eat out a lot and it's your main source of food, should be under food. If you eat out occasionally, and it's more for entertainment, it's okay to categorize that under entertainment. Clothing, out and food, should be 10 to 20%, no more. Clothing, shoes, and clothes for all family members, 3 to 5%. So for your living expenses, shouldn't be more than a total of 25%. So we got 40, 65, 85. So we're up to 85% of your net pay so far. Uh, medical, 3%, includes your premium specialists and over the county med- medications. Remember, if your health insurance is already out of the net pay, it's not included here. This medical it would be prescription drugs that you pay for out of pocket. Personal and description, uh, discretionary. Is money spent on entertainment, recreation, education, tobacco, and alcohol, eating out, gaming, haircuts, hobbies, planned charitable giving, or some examples? If you spend more in this category, make sure your budget balances, balances by spending less elsewhere. And they're saying five to ten percent. So we're up about eighty savings. Plan to save money for expenses that don't occur every month, as well as for your future. Then you'll have extra available when you need it. This can also be categorized as an emergency fund or emergency savings for things that come up in the future. Okay, 5 to 10 percent. And debt payment is 5 to 15 percent, which would be any loans you have that's not housing or transportation. So that would be student loans, uh, credit card debt, personal loans, payday loans, things like that. No more than 15%. So the idea here, these are guidelines is if you can keep your spending under these percentages, you're going to have money in a savings account and you're not going to struggle. Because you're going to have an emergency fund. So your debt reduction plan can stay intact because you're going to build up your emergency fund. You're not going to be creating new debt. You're going to be making a minimum payment on all your other debt until you have a sufficient amount built up in your emergency fund or savings account, where then you can apply a larger amount to one at a time and pay it down. That would be covered in my previous episode, debt reduction plan. But what are you going to do if you already went out and you bought a home? You have two car payments. You're married, have a couple children. Your wife worked for when you first bought the home and the second car. You bought a car for yourself and you bought a car for your wife. And then when you had the two children, your wife quit working, or maybe you quit working. The one that had the lesser income should have been the one that stays home with the children. Or maybe you're both still working, but you're paying a lot of money in child care. Should maybe you be better off having one of you quit working and stay home, not have an income but not pay for childcare. All those are decisions you gotta make as you go through life. But you can't do it without being informed. So the more informed you are about your personal finances, you can look to see what has changed. So maybe your spouse quit working. We'll just go with this example. But your both incomes were included when you bought the home. So you're, so you were under, say, 20%. Your mortgage payment was around 20% of your combined net income. Well, if one of you quit working, what's your home payment going to be? It's going to be more than 20%. But the question is, will it go over 43%? Because if it goes over 43%, it'll be impossible for you to borrow any money for anything else for any reason whatsoever, because lenders are not going to lend you the money because your income is too low. So this stick with this, where one spouse, you know, quit working to stay home with the children because healthcare daycare was so expensive. So maybe your net income on your housing is now 60%. Maybe your travel, your transportation is dropped because you paid off one of those cars. That was part of the deal that you worked out. Well, if we pay off one of these automobiles, we have one car payment, we'll be able to swing it. So maybe your transportation is now down to roughly 7% or 5 to 7%. So you're making up for the excess in your housing by decreasing what you're spending on transportation. Also, you can decrease what you spend under your personal and discretionary. You can maybe do away with something, cut back somewhere, and spend less money. Now, it's hard to quit to spend less money on groceries when you're trying to raise a couple children, but small children don't eat a lot, so you gotta look at what types of food you are eating, eating and where you can cut back and save some money. And one example would be by store brand products instead of name brand products because they're cheaper. Use coupons, things like that. Also, if you who still have cable TV, cut out cable TV because you're paying for internet. Let's use your internet service to its maximum by streaming. Everybody seems to be doing that nowadays. I don't know if that's anything new. I've been doing it for five or six years. It definitely cut back on my spending on cable TV because I was a truck driver. I'm not home. So it really helped me. Also included in these percentages or your budget should be your debt payments. Five to 15%. If you're struggling to pay off credit cards because you have too much debt, you may be paying 30% on debt, which means you got to cut back somewhere else. So maybe you're lucky and you bought a home under one income and you got a couple pay raises because you lived there for a few years. So maybe your housing is under 40%. Maybe your housing's down around 28%. So that's where you're making up the money to make these debt payments. So it's all relative based on your individual needs. You don't have to spend this money in these categories. Like your debt payments could be zero. If you have zero debt like mine, my debt payment is probably maybe 2% if that, maybe 1%, maybe less than 1%. I use one credit card, to buy things online every month, and I pay it off every month, a few hundred dollars. So it's where it's under one percent. That's the advantage of being debt free. Include savings. And this is savings in additional to your retirement, your 401k that may be deducted from your paycheck. If you've got money coming out of your paycheck to going into retirement, this savings could be a little bit less. But remember, the money you set aside today may be used to pay for that expense that comes up once a year. Like my house insurance comes up once a year. My property taxes come up twice a year. So if I put money in my savings account, even though I may not have the money in my checking account A week before these bills become due, I know I have the money set aside that I can transfer to my checking account to pay these bills, and on I go, and there's no particular worries. Knowing these percentages is helpful. It helps you stay online and in track with what you should or should not be doing. Also, everybody is different. Again, like I said before, maybe something changed in your life, so it's going to throw your income off. Maybe your income went down. Maybe income went way up. So now these percentages are way low, which means you could be putting a larger amount into savings. Instead of putting in 5%, maybe you should put in 25%. Maybe you can spend a little more on your transportation. Maybe you can spend a little more on your discretionary hobbies or whatever. This is a guideline. It's not set in stone. It's not meant to be. But if you can keep it within these numbers, these guidelines, you're not going to have any struggles. You're not going to get into any trouble unless you go on a spending spree and you pay for credit cards and you are unable to pay those credit cards off at the end of it. another thing I want to talk about while we're talking about this, I hear commercials for credit cards for cash back. I struggle with what that really means. So if you spend $1,000 and you get 2% back, you'll get, what, $20? but you're still going to owe $1,000. How is that helping you? So you go, I heard the most recent one is cash back on gasoline. And that lady says she got $200. $200 over what period of time? Was it one month? Was it one year? Was it her lifetime she's had that card? And if she's putting all these gasoline purchases on a credit card, she's really not getting nothing back because she's paying for it. You know, 100% of what you buy is still due on that credit card. Unless you use the money they're getting back to you to pay down that credit card, where's the benefit? There isn't any. If you just use the cash back for And for spending whatever you want to do, you still owe the money that you got the cash back from on the credit card. I see this as a problem. It's why people are getting deep into debt and can't control it. So beware of these cash back credit cards. Don't spend money on a credit card just to get cash back. Know what you're doing before you do it. I'll be back in one moment with my final thoughts. If you want to contact me to request my spreadsheet for the budget or leave a comment or ask a question, you can send it using my email, wealth at gmail.com. Reduced Debt increase Wealth is altogether no spaces. If you like to ask a question, put question in the subject. If you like to request my monthly budget, put spreadsheet in the subject matter. If you want to leave a response of any kind, just put comment in the subject matter. I will get back to you as soon as possible. Using percentages of categories are only a guideline. How I would do it is set up your budget. And once you got your budget set up, what percent of your net income is your mortgage payment? And that would be all your mortgage payments. So if you have one mortgage payment, what percent of your net income is that one mortgage payment? If you have a first mortgage, a second mortgage, and a line of credit, what's your net income percent of all three of those together? same with transportation if you got auto loans what percent of the loan is to your net income I would do a total of each category and do a percent of the, of, the, of net income for each category total and do another one just for the loan payment just for your mortgage and then for your debt category your credit cards and other loans you may have do a total of that what percent of your net income is all your debt if you're struggling to pay down debt that probably is a high amount it may be 40 percent, 60 percent. it may be too high and maybe there's a reason why that maybe you lost a job and it took a job making less money Maybe you got divorced, maybe you had children, One, your spouse, one of you stay home now to take care of the children's because it's cheaper to do that. Whatever the reason is, knowing your percentages based on your net income, what percent is going to my mortgage payment? Oh, it's 20%, well, that's pretty good. I keep that under 25% or maybe it's 30%, that's still good what percent of your net com- income is your auto loans it's eight percent oh i'm doing good it's 30 percent. maybe i have a too expensive car and i need to get rid of that and i'll be i'll free up some money to help me elsewhere it's all for you to plan out your life nothing more so the step, first step is to create yourself a budget. And the second step is to use actual numbers of what really is going on. And the third step is to figure out what percentages you are actually have. What percent of your take-home pay is going for whatever personal expense? How much is your take-home pay being used for personal or discretionary spending? which would be entertainment, hobbies, things like that. If that number is high, you're gonna struggle to pay for other things. If that number is low and all of them are low and you're putting maybe your savings percentages is a real high number, well, that'd be good. Especially if you're older and you're getting close to retirement, you need to save more money, set more money aside. So it depends on each individual situation and it also depends on where you live, what part of the country you live in or even what you know where you live. Maybe you live overseas where the housing is expensive but food is relatively inexpensive. It all depends. Maybe you live somewhere where everything is fairly inexpensive so you're able to save more. I don't know. It all depends on each individual. So step one is start tracking your spending and your income. Step two is to create a report by category. Step three is to get yourself a budget set up where you have housing, your needs first, housing, transportation, living expenses, living expenses being food and clothing, where clothing is a fairly small number. Then after that, you have debt, savings, discretionary. Figure out how much where your money is going and look to see where your money is going. Maybe you think you know, but this could be an awakening for you. Maybe you think that most of your money is going to housing. And when you look at it, a lot of it is going to entertainment. Maybe you just thought it was going to housing because you got that big house payment every month. Maybe you're spending more money elsewhere on credit cards and don't realize it. So then you're getting in trouble with too much debt. So knowing what's going on in your personal finances is important. And by doing this, you'll be happier and have more control over your finances and you'll be glad you did so.